Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Well, hello everyone, wherever in the world you are and whatever time of day or night you're listening to this. Uh, welcome to Healers for Healing. Did I get that name right? I don't know. It's one of those days. We'll just say it's just one of those days. Uh, yeah, myself and Abby are here and we just connected before we started recording this and we were, we were, oh, Jay, do we need to do this today? You know, life is getting in the way. And we were laughing and joking about different things. So we said, right, do you know what? As per usual, we'll keep it honest and straight and uh, where we're at. So um, today we're actually going to chat about past lives. So past lives means many different things to different people. And Abby, welcome. I am here. And we're, yeah, we're both flattened by energies and (laughs) so much going on. And uh, you're keeping it real as always. But it's interesting to note that because this is what I was thinking this morning, Regina. If you were to look at me, like if there was a camera and on I me. And I am looking at you. There I is know, a but camera like, on you. <laughs> if there was a camera on me all morning, right, and we won't mm-hmm. go into what surveillance yeah. is all about, it wouldn't look like I was doing very much at all. You know, I'm driving the car, I'm going in, I'm walking to the shop and getting me lunch, you know, but energetically, it was like I was in 15 different places at once. It was like swings and roundabouts, carnival time, bloody energies up the wazoo, tons of things. But, you know, and I'm trying to clear it and trying to do it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's connecting into some, you know, I had clients today, all their energies are overwhelming. And then I wrote to you and I said, how are you doing? And you said, it's nuts today. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, thank God it's not just me that thinks this. But you know what I mean when I'm saying if the camera was on me, to anybody just looking at me, it doesn't look like I'm actually doing anything exceptional. But my God, it's like spinning plates, keeping things going, pulling out of stuff I've been sucked into. It's amazing. It is amazing. The kind of world that we're stepping into now, there's just, it's it's fabulous. But we need to make space to process what's happening energetically. And I don't think people do that in their heads. Yeah. And the pace of life definitely feels like as if it's much faster. So trying to eke out that little bit of time where you can just sit in your arse and just take a little bit of time to process 
everything that's going on around you. Um, because, yes, for, for a lot of people, somebody might look at me and it, they might think at some stage you're daydreaming. Yeah, I might be daydreaming, but I'm actually doing some heavy stuff in another dimension, in another timeline, uh, working shamanically. And then there are times when I am doing things in so many different places, which actually brings us around to past lives. Mm. That actually was always a fascinating one with me. (laughs) Because we've all heard the stories, oh, I was a princess or a queen in a past life. I was Cleopatra in a past life. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We've all met him. (laughs) Yes, we have. And I made a decision now. I don't know how bad or good this is, but it worked for me. Because at the time, uh, now we're saying 25, 30 years ago, people were talking, you know, we met people about past lives. Talking, talking. You know, people had theories and views on it. I made a decision that, with all due respects, I'm an old soul. I've been around so many, many times that, you know what? I'm not going to look into my past lives because Mm. I actually want to be present. And I only trust that something comes up relevant to past lives when I need to integrate or heal something. That there's so much exciting stuff in the world I don't want to spend my energy looking behind what what was. I want to get into where I am now and what can I do. Do so you mean like the curiosity of who was I in a past life and what did I do and where was I going? Like the drama and the story that's just for curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me also, it's a great distraction mm-hmm. from where you are now, what you're doing now. However... You know, well, I always work on a need-to-know basis. I only want to know what I need to know so that I can deal with what is in front of me right now. And I think when you talk about, you know, staring at the wall or looking like you're not doing stuff, but you're working shamanically, working shamanically means working with what is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really important when it comes to past lives is that you don't get lost in them, get lost in the story, get lost in the drama and the excitement and, oh, what's this and what's that and the other. Now, okay, you know, you can go to your workshop and visit different past lives and different learnings and bring it back. But there's nuggets of wisdom there that, you know, are relevant to today. But getting lost in it for me is something I, I haven't been drawn drawn into myself. No, but I have seen people who have. And it's like as if they are so attached to the story of the past, they can't move forward in the present. That's yeah. that's the bit I think that was the warning bell for me. So, yeah, we've all had that deja vu, weird and wonderful sort of past life thing where you've met somebody and you go, I know you, but I don't know where from where. And we, you know, we haven't met this lifetime, but oh, I know you. That type of thing. We've all had experiences. Well, I'm generalizing here, but, you know, like you and I, when we met, for the first time we look, I knew you. Yeah, we just have a familiarity yeah. with somebody. Yeah, but then that, that's the soul connection that goes across many, many lifetimes. Exactly. But there are so many wonderful stories people have and they're so attached to it. But again, there can be good healing from getting some of that wisdom 
from past lives that will help you because we're all the sum of our experience. Now, I don't know who believes in past lives or whether you do or you don't believe. I have no idea where you are at on that. Um, what's my thoughts on it? Yeah, I think we've been around here many, many times. I think so too. I heard something relatively recently that sounded very interesting to me, which is, um, goes, it's connected in, into what we were saying about the energy being nuts. Is that anybody that ever had a life on earth is alive right now? And I thought that was very interesting because we have such a, a, a big population of people right now. You wonder where did all the souls come from? You know, if there wasn't that many of them. Mm. But then I had an epiphany about past lives, which is um, a past life is the assumption that it happened in the past. Oh, right. This is where you're talking about the different timelines. So we're talking yeah. about chronological time. Mm -hmm. And I've written stories and I've had dreams where, let's say, your most, your most enlightened self was actually in the Middle Ages, mm -hmm. you know, and that you didn't actually live in chronological time. You can hop the timelines. So then I asked myself to even make it more confusing. You know, appreciate that we're both so tired now, but what if you're living all of your lifetimes at the same time? Mm -hmm. And that the person that you bump into and it's like, oh, I really know you. We had a past life together. What if it's actually you having a life in a different body? And you ah, that's messing with me head. <laughs> yeah, but here's my point, right? But here's my point. My point is you will never know the answer. Really, you will never actually know the answer. And to me, that's a relief. To me, that's wonderful because then you can just release your need to know. Your need to go back and find out who you were. It's like, I have to go back. What if you're going forward? What about life on a different planet? What about, you know, am I you? And you're never going to know. And, and it's, it's very much like the very first Macintosh computer that ever lived asking them to make a Pixar quality movie mm. on that little tiny hard drive. It's impossible. The amount of information that's out there, your brain is that first generation Macintosh. <laughs> and the information is, it's just too much. There's no way we could process it all. There's no way we could understand it. All of it, even as we're going through process of evolution right now, even as it's like our brain capacity is opening, the amount of stuff that we can process has increased dramatically. That's why, you know, it's, it, it, we're feeling more, we're processing more, we're processors, but we'll never have the answers. So to leave some things a mystery to me is actually a good idea. <laughs> you know? Well, there's plenty of mystery to me uh, because I know I won't, I don't, don't have the answers to a fraction yeah. of stuff. But there are times when for me, I don't need to, I don't need to know that. But there are, there's an example coming to mind. Now, this is, as I said, I'm just telling this as a personal story. Um, which may sound bizarre to some people, but I was having issues with a certain part of my body and I was with my osteopath. And she always says, oh, energetically, you're a bit different because, you know, she could, <laughs> you know, connect to energies. But I didn't you quite. You say it like it is. Yeah. 
you know, like it was different to her usual clients, shall we say. And I had gone into a deep meditation, a deep space when she was working on me. And the idea came into my head to ask her, what are you, what, what's the issue there? And she said, it doesn't make sense. This part, I can't, I, I genuinely, I can't remember. I don't know if it was my spleen or pancreas or something she was working on. Uh, body. And she said, you're caught up and I, I, I can't release it. And I said, here, hold on a second. And forgive my anatomy, but um, the space I just happened to be in, I could see that in a past life, I had a spear going through my body. So I actually said it to her. Listen, do you mind um, holding on a second? I think I know what it is. I have a spear going through me from previous life. Hold on a minute. I need to energetically remove this. And she's looking at me like as if I've just grown 40 heads. <laughs> Which is worse, 40 heads or a spear going through you in a past Yeah, <laughs> you know, like literally I could see the panic. I don't understand what this person is doing. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but she trusted me enough. And I said, just uh, please hold on a moment. I'm going to work with this. I'm just going to write. Hold on a second. Now. So did something to energetically remove the weapons that had been uh, embedded in me. Mm. And within 30 seconds, that area started to unwind. Yeah. And her face, she actually dropped a couple of shades color wise. She said, it's unwinding. I said, yeah, told you I was removing what. And she actually got the shake. She had to go outside and get a glass of water for herself <laughs> and me. And she came in and we we talked about it for for a few minutes. But that was, again, like you talk about need to know, that was something that happened to me. Be yeah, that's really useful information from a past life. That's yeah. pertinent to the moment. Yeah. So I, I knew that there was stuff going on, but... <laughs> I was trying to release it. She, it just wasn't working for her. And usually whatever, you know, was trapped, she could work on unwinding or, well, I don't know the right terminology, right? But like healing, working with that area. Yeah, and, and, and that in itself is fascinating because it's like the body that you have now holds the memory of all the bodies that you ever had. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, again, bringing us to the mystery of how our energy flows through the body, how we connect into the body. You know, it's a combination of who we are when we come in through our body and also the DNA and the genetic stuff. I think it's the combination. It's not just the DNA. So I, I believe that. I mean, I, I had a friend who's always getting pains across his neck and shoulders and, 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 and every time he would speak or you know that saying, you put your head above the parapet. Anytime he would show up, anytime he would try mm -hmm. and stand up, he would clam up. He wouldn't be able to speak. He'd find his body shaking. He didn't understand. 
mm-hmm. what was going on. And he got to an age in his life where he's like, I'm sick of this. I can't do this anymore. And, and, and he went and he got a healing. And this was before I did work with shamanism. Mm. And his healing was that he was beheaded in a past life. Mm. And so it's not as simple a healing to do as removing a spear mm-hmm. from your body. But going with, you know, the shaman at the time, having that healing facilitated for him, totally released the sensation of, of pain and stopped him from pulling back. And he, he, you know, very cautiously started to speak out, but realized then that he was able to. And that leads me into, I think, the main reason why past lives came up for me as a topic for Healing for Healers. Mm-hmm. Which, um, if you were to look back on the healers who are not traditional, who were, you know, doing weird things with plants in the forest, (laughs) who could make magic, you know, here's a woman, she can't have a baby, take this, this, this poultice, this Mm -hmm. potion, do this thing. And then suddenly you're able to have a baby, you know, and, and, and the mainstream of the time wasn't happy. And it's very empowering to be able to concoct, you know, some kind of a tea or, you know, a poultice or something and, and to heal and cure things. You know, we're very reluctant, I know both of us are to say being cured because that's, that's a whole nother podcast. And <laughs> you know, what's a cure? We can't get cured for anything because every day you heal a little more, but being persecuted as the medicine woman, as the healer woman mm-hmm. is something that I know I had to get over when I stepped up to become a healer in this lifetime. When I would go, let's say, on Facebook and say, I do spiritual healing, I do emotional healing, I'm, you know, I'm a healer. To then wait for the dogs to show up, to tear me <laughs> down and drag me up to the, you know, to be burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like just get over yourself as public speaking. It's not, it goes deeper than that. And I think for many healers to have many lifetimes of being persecuted for being a healer puts you off even wanting to awaken that aspect of you in this lifetime. And I'm hoping then that people have, are more alert now to what we're saying because the times that we're in now, we need more healers more than ever before. And it's not easy to say, oh, well, just get over yourself and go and do your healing work and step up and be a healer. It's not, but maybe some people who are listening haven't realized that there is past life work that they might need to do that will make them more confident in who they are and what they have to offer. Yeah. And I'm just, again, I'm just processing what you're saying. And connecting to it as well, because I think a lot of people can identify with that story that they were reluctant to step into the role this lifetime. I know I was. Mm. You and I, you know, we've chatted about it before. It took me a long time to step forward, mainly because, yeah, uh, of a variety of different things and different challenges. But I think nowadays, yeah. It is, you know, society is so much more accepting of people who have healing gifts and they're not seen um, as I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. Right. I'll just share this because this will sort of give you at times what some of the background was. Um, 
Oh God, I'm trying to think now how many years ago it was. Nearly 10 years ago, I had a shamanic, I was part of a shamanic tour group and we were reorganizing a location we were going to visit. And um, it was a group from the States and it was a religious site we were on our way to visit. And the bus got delayed and the organizer asked me, hey, listen, can we borrow your phone and um, make a call to the place to say we're delayed? You'll understand where I'm going with this. <laughs> and with that, anyway, um, the person made the phone call and she she talked about the person's name, the group name, and she said shamanic tour mm. you know has been delayed we were booked in let's say for three o'clock we were now 20 to three but we were an hour out in the coach the person wasn't capable of hearing the word shamanic right. the person returned the name the demonic tour <laughs> <laughs> but they heard demonic okay that's interesting yeah so this person was actually incapable of hearing the word shamanic and referred to, kept referring to the tour as demonic. And it was the person, the American who was actually had made the call on my phone, just kept looking at me, no shamanic. And the person was like, oh yeah, the demonic, such and such is demonic tour. No, such and such a shamanic tour. And the reason why I use that is because 10 years ago, saying shamanic here in Ireland was not a concept that was easily understood. <laughs> and nowadays you can say that a shamanic or shaman and people now have a concept of it. So things change, times change, things become more acceptable. So yes, 10 years ago to say you were a shaman certainly raised eyebrows, but... Um, but then this goes deeper than that this is a more personal thing where to step up and say what you are even to yourself can be difficult because of all of the implications mm. of that and every time I did this in a past life this stuff ha always happened mm. so but this isn't conscious consciously you don't know what happened in a past life yeah. that's the whole point of it so where there's an exaggerated reaction an exaggerated closure mm -hmm. is a place for you to look at the possibility that, well, maybe this is a past life issue. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like something totally different. I had another friend who was terrified of birds, terrified of birds. Anytime saw a bird, she'd run away. And it wasn't because she watched the Alfred Hitchcock movie birds. This was something that was always in her. And, um, it ended up that she had been tarred and feathered. Wow. So to clear that imprint mm. on her soul allowed her to sit calmly outside in nature where, you know, you say, imagine a place in nature and you're sitting calmly and some per person, oh my God, there's birds here. No, I can't sit. <laughs> you know, so to appreciate that, that there's lots of different, if it, you know, whole lifetimes doing other things, an exaggerated response within a logical Mm -hmm. You know, an illogical, exaggerating response could lead to to some past life work, and and um, yeah, it's it's really really interesting because again, it's our interpretation of what we find. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so when someone comes along and says, oh, yes, I was in Cleopatra in a past life. It's like, so how, so what's that like for you now? <laughs> now that's a real psychotherapist uh, response. <laughs> this lifetime must be really disappointing then. <laughs> Are you not getting your baths full of milk? I know, delusions of grandeur. You know, I was I was once this, I was once that, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, I go to, to, to a friend of mine who um who basically says if we're all here doing this work then we're all you know descended masters because we've descended into lower frequency and we're dealing with so much at this time you know it's about becoming the master of our life mm-hmm. it's about you know and that's more important than who you were or who you think you might have been but then to when you come across this issue, whatever the issue is for you to say, okay, there's a possibility here because I'm multidimensional, that it's not something that I've experienced in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, to, then, then you just can ask, you can say, okay, well, show me what it is, show me where I need to go. Yeah. And we've all had incidences of that. Like, as I say, I use the example of the osteopath, but being on the land, you know, the land has shown me stuff back through time on occasions. And part of me have to has to work out, is this relevant to me? Is this relevant to, you know, somebody else? But that's really interesting you say that. That reminds me of a time when I booked a lovely hotel, really fancy hotel for me and Ian and the kids to go to in Donegal. Now we were doing a trip around Ireland and we were in the car driving around Ireland and this hotel was very fancy. So we were only staying there for one night. (laughs) But we wanted to go to the beach there and, and it was, you know, a mm. pretty isolated location. So it would have been, you know, in those days, there weren't Air- Airbnbs. We didn't have Airbnbs then. So you were stuck with the hotels or, or the old style B&Bs. And for our family, it was quite a few of us. It's difficult enough to get a B&B. Mm. So I walked into the hotel with the kids and I had a panic attack in the lobby. Okay. And Ian, of course, my husband thinks it's because of the money. <laughs> and he says well love you know we don't have to stay here i know it's, but we, you know but we've mm. booked it so it's going to cost what it costs and, and, and i was there having and i said i can't stay i can't stay and i ran out of the hotel i ran literally ran out dropped the bags in the reception and ran out the door leaving him with with, with the kids of course that was fine <laughs> so he checked in and and, and all of that mm. and he's like what the hell's going on my crazy wife <laughs> and i was i was out and i had to clear the head walking up and down pacing calming down to walk back in to the reception which was really interesting because i think i got a little bit further in when i went back before uh. the panic hit me again and this is totally irrational what's going on i don't understand what this mm. is and um he came down anyway, Ian, and <clears throat> had a cup of tea. I gathered myself. And then I realized something has happened to me in this place before in another space and time. Mm-hmm. But the visceral panic, and mm-hmm. it was the first time I'd ever been to this place, obviously, mm-hmm. energetically, it wasn't. So it's fascinating. It's fascinating that how that kind of thing can, can affect you. You're talking about being on the land. Yeah, go on, you know. Oh no, but that's uh, that like that's a visceral, illogical feeling. But like we've we've all had them. Another example of a thing on the land was, um, 
there was a particular place that always called me and called me repeatedly, repeatedly. And I kept going back and going back and going back over the years. And this is before I even woke up to my abilities. But this place was magical and I didn't understand why. But there was one spot uh, the side of a lake that I wouldn't, didn't feel called to go. And I had uh, a friend visiting from Sweden. We'd done a course years previous together and um, she was a gifted medium. And we were just, you know, this was this place she wanted to see. So we went to visit it and she says, here, we'll go up here. And I'm going, yeah, I don't really want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously, yeah, I don't really uh, want to. No, thanks. Not today. Yeah, no, no I'm not feeling it. And she looks at me and, uh, you know, no, we're doing this. We have to. And I go, oh, because I know there's going to be something in it for me. So anyway, we uh, go off up and uh, again, a visceral response on a particular site. And she said, can you talk to me about what's going on? Because she knew I had to go there to reclaim part of me, for the want of a better word. Yes. And it transpired that part of me was killed there. Uh, yeah. When I say part of me was killed, one incarnation or one version or whatever. So there was a soul piece yes. of yours sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. And I had been male at the time. I had, um, and it was actually quite funny because we were, we discussed it. And um, I'd been like a group of, like a tribe warrior Bandit, like I'm not talking about Vikings or anything like that, but like a group of males. Um, and apparently I got a bit too big for my boots, so they decided to take me out. And <laughs> I could literally trace the exact spot in which it happened energetically. And it That's was amazing. It was the most bizarre feeling. And yeah, I reclaimed part of me at that site. And the gas thing was, I never needed to go back there ever again. I went back there as a choice. Well, that's what was calling you. Exactly. But at the time, I didn't know. I wasn't, I wasn't open enough, open enough to explore it. So what do you think that piece of you that came back added to your life? You know, just as an example of after you do a past life healing, something shifts. Did something tangible shift because you got that piece back? Um, but there's the siren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pay attention. No. <laughs> no, it actually, God forgive me, it was so many years ago and I've integrated so much. I think for me, it was, it was the fear of going places. And I don't mean that as an, oh, I'm agoraphobic or anything like that. It was, it's okay to explore these places. It's okay to visit the places, you know, where. Well, that would make sense. So maybe you were ambushed there. Mm, and yeah. kill there and then part of you just didn't want to go to places then just in yeah. case you're going to be ambushed again. Yeah, because I hadn't spent that much time exploring the land at that point. I And that's where this place I had, you know, revisited many times and it was a place I felt comfortable uh, and it was a place I visited. But, you know, I hadn't gone too far afield at that stage. But that was an important part for me uh, in that respect. Um, reclaiming that piece. But yeah, so this is this is where I'm saying is um, 
I've actually forgotten a lot of the sort of past life stuff I've done because when we said we were going to be looking at this, I actually didn't even give it much thought space. I didn't have time. But as well, we're talking, sit and wait for us as yeah. we talk. But as you were talking about <clears throat> about that, then I was remembering when you and I went to uh, Durham Cathedral together. And both of us walked in there and both of us felt that we had been there before. And I, I was like, immediately I had images of myself as a monk working in kitchens. Mm. And then you went as far as putting on the outfit. And it freaked you out. And it freaked Gary out. It Gary just got great funny. fun out of that, yeah. It was very funny. But when you go to these places, I think there was joy there. There was learning mm. there. There was deepening of spirit there. And um, coming away feeling connected to a place is also beautiful. And then you can draw on the strength of that place mm. when you need it, when you're not feeling strong yourself. I never thought of it like that. Like in fairness, I would energetically revisit some of those places uh, in the dream time. But and physically, yeah, um, look, yeah, I do get to visit some of the places, but that's something where, like, energetically, as we're talking about that site, that uh, I'd reclaim part of myself that had been ambushed. I'm actually back there now, sort of walking around it and uh, checking it out. Yeah. yeah. So, like, energetically, part of me ain't listening to you. Part of me is back there. It's like, God, yeah, I must go back out there sometime. <laughs> What's interesting to me as we're talking is, you know, so there's there's a few different aspects to past life healing. You know, there's, first of all, there's being with the not knowing mm -hmm. and being okay with that, you know, not making grandiose stories up and then wishing that you weren't in this lifetime because mm -hmm. this is the lifetime you've been given. Mm -hmm. You need to be here. Then there's some sort of disempowering aspect where a piece of your power is either lost in another life or you've got an energetic spear through you or whatever. And then when you reclaim that part of you, it empowers you mm. to go traveling around the land for your organs to unwind. You know, I didn't go back to that hotel. I'm wondering, is there anything that I need to do around that? But maybe if there is, I can just trust that it will come. Yeah. And um, reclaiming joyous parts of us to just maybe be open to the possibility. Maybe that's what we need to, to you know, as, as the theme for this particular episode podcast is healing for healers to be open to the possibility that not everything you need to do the healing work is in this lifetime and that we need to look across time and space, even into future lifetimes. I mean, yeah. I have, I have a beautiful healing technique that I use with people where they feel their life is terrible and that nothing's working out for them, you know, to go into the future. Now, I haven't gone into a future lifetime where there's wisdom there, but to go into the future where it's already healed, to bring that peace back in to the now is very interesting. To realize that we are multidimensional and can transcend time and space to get the pieces that we need. Yeah. And so if you want to live the most wholehearted life now, you need to go reclaim all those pieces of your heart. And soul and reclaim. Your power. And yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's about facing those things. The ghosts of all the past. Yeah. 
and I'm clearing them. Yeah. Uh it's a bit like. Oh, you you laugh at this one. Growing up, I was terrified of mediums. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, because you knew what they were going to teach you or show you that you would have to then step into yeah. that world. Yeah. And uh, absolutely scared me, you know, and it wasn't until <laughs> I actually woke up and realized when I said, you know, started to work and uh, accept that part of me and not hide it, not suppress it, that um, a lot of that stuff then came to the surface. But again, there's past life stuff. There's all sorts of things there. But I never focused on what past lives were interfering or were influencing. It was a case of, right, yeah, whenever something shows up relevant, it shows up and I deal with it. Like mm. the osteopath, like going to that sacred site, like going to different sites in different countries where I've had weird and wonderful experiences. You know, I've been looking I'm blessed enough to have travelled quite a lot and still have many more places to visit. And some of these places, yeah, I've had I know I've had previous lifetimes there, but that may not be what I'm there for at this moment in time. And I trust that whatever I need to do, I do and move on. There's a lot of trust there so that I don't get focused too much in the past because I'm focusing on what I need to do in the present that I know that whatever tools I need will be shown to me and will be given to me in to help me deal with whatever I'm dealing with at that time. You know, what's interesting about doing past life healing, you're talking about being scared of mediums. Mm. I was always scared of doing the past life healings because a lot of them use trance and meditation and visualization and you're going down a corridor and then there's a door into your past life. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to open that door. I don't want to know what's behind it. <laughs> OK, I can understand that one. And I think a lot of people listening could relate to that. So knowing what you know about only needing to know mm -hmm. rather than walking into, let's say, a horrendous a horrendous scene where you're re-experiencing and reliving something to set the parameters for what you're going to do behind that door as you step into the past life to say, I just want to retrieve the piece. I want to hear what I need to hear. I want to learn, you know, get the learning from it and get the healing from it and to be empowered and strong in yourself in the present moment so that you don't leave a piece of yourself behind when you do that work. Yeah. And so that you're not overwhelmed. So you're not overwhelmed. So you're not overwhelmed. So I think all of the experiences that we've talked about where there's been healing involved has been facilitated by somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, to, to, to maybe reiterate that doing a past life healing for yourself might not be as deep as doing it with someone else, going to somebody else mm. for a past life healing. But then sometimes it could just come in as lightly as a feather and go, there you go. And that's what it was. So to be open to those possibilities. So, so yes, yeah, so we're coming to the end of time. Is there anything else that, that comes in for us to say? I mean, for those of you listening, you could just take a minute now maybe and go inwards and ask yourself, is there anything that's holding me back in my life right now? 
that can be healed or cleared by doing a past life healing and just be open to that as a possibility. I think that's a nice and gentle suggestion. Yeah, without us doing anything, but just knowing, just recognizing, having the awareness what it is. You know, you don't need to know anything more than that. Maybe you do it in your dream time mm-hmm. when you're sleeping so that it just resolves itself. Or maybe there's a lesson or learning or a message that you need to hear from some part of you that has wisdom from a whole nother lifetime. So, so yeah, many of us healers have had many lifetimes. I remember You know, when my baby was born, my second youngest, and the feel of her energy was that she had grandmothered me in another lifetime. So, you know, past lives can be beautiful. And that she, I always got the sense that she felt I was now worthy to be her mother (laughs) and that I had passed some sort of test in order for her to grace me with her presence here. Nice. So it's kind of fun when you think of things in terms like that, you know, to say, you know, that even if something doesn't get closed off or healed in one lifetime, that we have an opportunity to do it again in another one. Yeah. And you you never know what's there. You know, it might be a beautiful blessing. Yeah. So um, thank you for that and for doing the, the introduction and I uh, hope you guys li- enjoyed listening to it and that we've stimulated you and i think we only kind of dipped into that we only kind yeah. of took a, a, a brief turnaround so if there's anything in there that triggered you or that you want us to talk more about please send us an email to healing for healers at uh, gmail.com and thank you happy and thank all our listeners who have listened to this very point. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you at some stage. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review. We would appreciate it. <laughs> Bye now. Bye, Sloan. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, If you've got questions or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time.